We're in day 12. We're going to Acts 12. Acts chapter 12. We're going to begin at verse number 1. I'm going to read quickly. I got about 18 verses I got to read. Hopefully you've done more reading than that this week. Amen. But I'm going to give you 18. I'm going to get them out of the way. And then we're just going to go. Amen. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And the word of the Lord says this so. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. And were the days of unleavened bread. In other words, it was the Passover. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him up to four quarantines of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer, oh man. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer. Anybody praying? Oh, I hope so, because I'm feeling this thing. But prayer was made without season, without ceasing. They were going in. Of the church, you, you, you got to catch that. Not of one individual. It was a corporate meeting. I'm going to encourage somebody in here tomorrow, make it to the meeting. The prayer meeting, that is. Watch this. Without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping. You believe that? He's on death row. He's sleeping. Between the two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. He'll go. He'll go even to the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought, he saw a vision. He thought he was dreaming. When they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know, after this time of consecration, you're going to know. Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and had delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Showed up at the prayer meeting, at his own prayer meeting. <laughs> and as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, 
but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, thou art mad. And I'm thinking to myself, weren't y'all praying for this? I mean, is it possible to pray and not believe? But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. And that's what God, that's what God is going to do in somebody's life. Oh, after this time of consecration, somebody's going to be left astonished. But he beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace. They were so excited. He was like, wait. Declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. He gave God the glory. And he said, go show these things unto James. Talking about another James, the brother of Jesus. And to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Last verse. Now as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers. What was become of Peter? Where is he? Hallelujah. My message today is going to be very practical, but it's going to be prophetic. Uh, I hope that I have sensitive ears in the room. Normally, I'm very teachy and preachy at the same time. But today, I just want to flat out exhort. I want to speak some things into the atmosphere. I want to declare some things in the ears of people that are believing, that I believe are coming as a result of our fast. We started talking about some of those things last week, but I believe that God wants to do more. That God wants to do more. And so I'm just going to share with you some of those things that God put in my heart through this text. And I'm not even going to hopefully not spend a lot of time on any of these points. I just want to release them into this atmosphere. Is that all right? I want to talk to you for a little while under the subject prison break. Prison break. Because that's what's going to happen. Amen. During this time of consecration. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we worship you. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing us the privilege to come into your house and lift up holy hands. We honor you and give you the glory, God. Now speak. As I step to the side, let the Spirit speak to your people and minister directly to every heart and every mind. Encourage. Edify build up the body heal set free we thank you for it now in Jesus name and the church said amen and amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord now let me set this up for you very quickly hallelujah we're in the 12th chapter and verse number one uh, but what's happening in the 12th chapter is coming as a result of something that the Bible talks about in the 11th chapter and so watch this in the 11th chapter uh, uh, there's a place called Antioch. Antioch, just in case you didn't know, is the third largest city in the Roman Empire. It is the third largest city in the Roman Empire. And Antioch is being shaken. Shaken by a group of disciples who believe and are not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are declaring and preaching, watch this, 
Christ crucified and resurrected, and they are shaking the whole city. Are you in this place, church? Watch this. Before that chapter 11 even begins to talk about Antioch, it begins to talk about how Peter was in prayer and fasting. And to make a long story short, he caught a revelation that the gospel was not just for the Jew, but also for the Gentiles. And so he brings the gospel to the house of a man named Cornelius and sets the place on fire. And so what you need to understand is that the gospel is increasing and it is growing and the body of Christ is increasing and it is growing. Uh, Barnabas had to go look for the apostle Paul, bring him into Antioch to help with the explosion that's taking place in the church. And Paul comes in and stays with Barnabas for almost a year teaching and discipling all those that are coming and turning unto the Lord. Let me tell you, there are some of us in here who perhaps have a preference and determine among themselves, you know what, I like the little church. I just like that small atmosphere. I don't like the mega church. But can I help you in here? If you don't like the mega church, you don't like the first century church. Because when God birthed the church on the first day, three thousand people came to the Lord and then shortly after there were 5,000 and then the Bible says watch this that they were added to the church daily not weekly in other words Sunday's not the only day for people to get saved and the church is not a building uh-oh the church is not a building this is brick and mortar this becomes the church when you get here you are the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. That's what church means. We make up the church. Hallelujah. We affect everywhere we go. Are you in this place? And so the church is exploding. I don't know about you, but I'm believing, hallelujah, God, for an explosion in the body of Christ. And so watch this. Herod don't like it. Because anytime there is spiritual increase, hallelujah, and the church and the plan of God starts to progress, the enemy don't like it. And so Herod, watch this, decides to put his hands or lay hands on some in the church, the Bible says, violently. And you know the story. He captured James, and the Bible says that he killed James. Because how many of you in this place know that expansion is expensive? Why? Why? Because progression attracts persecution. I said progression attracts persecution. You don't want to be bothered? Don't do nothing. But if you decide I'm going to progress, your progression will attract persecution. Amen, somebody. If, we, if, we went, if I had time, I would take you all the way back to uh, Exodus chapter 1, where the Bible declares, watch this, the Bible declares that uh, Joseph's there, Joseph's family's there, you remember that? Joseph goes to Egypt, brings his family to Egypt, make a long story short, Joseph dies, the previous Pharaoh dies. When this uh, previous Pharaoh dies, Joseph's family no longer has favor, Joseph's not around. So watch this, the, the Pharaoh sees the growth of the people of God and gets intimidated because your spiritual growth will intimidate your adversary. And when they see the spiritual growth of the people of God, they say, we have to do something about it. And you have to understand something about Satan. Satan uh, wants to be able to control it. 
And if he can't control it, he'll try to stop it. And if he can't stop it, he'll try to kill it. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. And the Bible says we have to do something lest these people become greater than us and turn against us. So watch this. They try to enslave. They enslave the people of God. But the Bible says in Exodus chapter 1 that the more they were afflicted, the more they grew. Did you hear what I just said? The more they were afflicted, the more they grew. Oh, God. So the first thing I want to say on tonight my first point up there very quickly is simply this my affliction will result in my advancement my affliction will, will result in my advancement do you believe that in this place hallelujah the bible says watch this that that, that they tried to control it earlier in the book of acts by trying to arrest or no first they threatened the disciples and said don't preach in that name anymore and they threatened them oh we're going to do this to you we're going to incarcerate you and they kept on preaching when the enemy couldn't control it he tried to stop it then he put them in jail locked them up and told them you need to stop and when they didn't stop then he started trying to kill them and if you know the Bible like I do, they killed Stephen. And they killed Stephen, hallelujah, who was a man of God, full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. And when they killed Stephen, they did it as an attempt to intimidate the church, to scare the church, to let them know this is what's going to come if y'all keep preaching in that name. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so watch this. The idea was to make the church scatter and to make the church disperse. And the church did scatter. And the church did disperse. But you know what they did? Everywhere they went. They preach Jesus Christ, crucified and resurrected. And watch this. The more they were afflicted, the more they grew. Oh, God, my affliction will result in my advancement. Ah, that's why I love what the Bible says. When the Bible says, hallelujah, these light afflictions. Paul is, he's, he's kind of humorous here because he said these light afflictions. Now, you know. What Paul went through, you know, none of his afflictions were light. But Paul called them light in light of the glory that those afflictions would bring. And so he said these light afflictions. Light afflictions, meaning that affliction have weight. Affliction has weight. Watch it. Then he says, that are but for a moment. Which also means not only does my affliction have weight, it has an expiration date. These light and momentary afflictions or these light afflictions that are bought for a moment are working for me listen working for me I'm gonna say it one more time working for me so you feel like they're working against you but I'm gonna help you in here they're working for you oh God help me in here hallelujah the Bible says watch this these light afflictions that are bought for a moment are working for me a far more a far more exceeding weight of glory watch this they're working for me do you not know that sometimes God will put Satan on the payroll because the Bible says concerning Joseph watch this you meant it for evil but God so somewhere in the middle of it God stepped in and told Satan from now on you work for me and this is what I want you to work out in my child so let me say it one more time so you really catch it. These light afflictions, light, watch this, that are for a moment, have an expiration date, are working for me a far more 
exceeding weight of glory. So affliction has weight, but it's light compared to the weight of glory. Oh, God, help me in here. Hallelujah. So if you have a light afflictions, know that there's heavy glory. So watch this. The greater the affliction, the greater the glory. And I wonder if I got anybody in here who can praise God because you know my affliction will result in my advancement. Oh, God, help me in here. This is why the psalmist could say, hallelujah, it was good that I was afflicted. I don't hear too many people praising God like that. But he said, it was good that I was afflicted. He said, when I was not, I went astray. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. He sees John. He killed John. Let me talk to you about John real quickly. Hallelujah. John, watch this. I mean, James, I'm sorry. James, the brother of John. James, the brother of John. James being one of the 12. He, he didn't just go after anybody. He went after a general. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Stephen was a deacon. This guy was a general. He was an apostle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So he goes after James, one of the 12. He goes after him, watch this, during the Passover. And that's interesting to me because during the Passover is when the people of God will celebrate when death couldn't touch him. You remember that? Passover, death angel came and had to pass over when he saw the blood. So they're celebrating the time where death couldn't touch him, but all of a sudden, death has come to touch him. Are you in this place? Uh, James, the brother of John, who Jesus referred to these two guys at one point as the sons of thunder. These are the sons of thunder. These, these are, these are, I like these guys. I, 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 they, they, you know, they're a little wild, but I like, I like them. I like them. Let me tell you. Because they're outspoken. They're loud. These were the guys that if you weren't speaking right about Jesus, they went to Jesus and said, shall, shall we call fire down from heaven? Yeah, they thought they had that kind of power. Yeah. And I kind of like that. I, shall we call fire down? And Jesus was like, relax, man. From what spirit are you? He, take it easy. But they weren't training. They weren't training. Give me people like that. Hallelujah. I like to train people like that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so watch this. He called them the, same, the sons of thunder. I believe they were young too. Jesus calls them young. I believe they were teenagers. Why do you say that, pastor? Because why else would they need to be traveling with their mama? These are the men that were traveling with their mama. Jesus gets in a boat. They're fishing with their father, and, and God don't call the father Zebedee. He calls Zebedee's kids, these two kids. And then they're traveling with the mama, and the mama comes to Jesus on one occasion and says, when you enter your kingdom, can my two sons sit at your left and at your right hand? And Jesus looked at her and said, mama, you don't know what you're asking for. Because these here seats, they come with a price. These seats of greatness, because if you're going to sit next to me, that means you're going to do what I do. And these seats are seats of greatness, and greatness is costly. And the price to pay for greatness is a bitter cup. And so he told her, are your sons able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Because I'm about to lay my life down. And are you willing to give that kind of commitment to greatness. And so watch this. Can they drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And then before she could answer, the two young men said, we can. 
be careful what you ask for. They said, we can. And then Jesus looked at them and said, and you will. And all of a sudden, in Acts chapter 12, you see James drinking the cup that Jesus drank. Around the same time Jesus drank it because Jesus was crucified during the Passover. Come on, somebody. Twelve years prior. So here we are, day 12, Acts chapter 12. One of the 12 is being attacked when Jesus was attacked 12 years prior. Are you in this place, church? Ooh, man. It's amazing. Watch this. James, the brother of John, and just in case you didn't know, for those of you who like to study, James was the first apostle martyred. And John, his brother, was the last one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So they make up the parentheses for all those that would drink that bitter cup for greatness sake. And I wonder if I got greatness in the room. And before you get really excited, understand what comes with greatness. Amen? Because if you're going to walk in greatness, you would need a great anointing from God. And one of the main ingredients for the anointing when they made it in the Old Testament was myrrh. And myrrh was very bitter. And it was probably one of the ingredients it had the most of. And so you have to know what you're asking for when you're asking for greatness. Are you in this place? But after what's bitter comes what's sweet. I said, after what's bitter comes what's sweet. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Ooh, Jesus, have mercy in this place. Glory to God. The Bible says that he seized Peter now. When Herod saw that it pleased the Jews to kill James, he seized Peter. Because this man had a double desire. He loved the praises of people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so he wanted to be lifted up. But at the same time, he wanted the church limited. That is the double desire of your adversary, the devil. He's always wanted to be lifted. He tried it in heaven and it did not happen. <laughs> he always wanted to be lifted and he wants the church to be limited. And so when he saw, listen, when Herod saw that it pleased the Jews to kill James, he seized Peter. Isn't it amazing how sometimes your predicament becomes other people's pleasure? It's sad when someone else is actually glad to see you go down. Now, I don't know if everything is is fine in your life, but there are haters out there. And there are people, hallelujah, who would like nothing more than to see a Jesus lover go down. Are you in this place? The thing that amazes me in the text is that we hear about James. We hear about James dying, and it says nothing about the church. And, and I, I don't want to take liberty with the text to just say that they weren't praying. But I was kind of surprised that when James is locked up, it doesn't say anybody's praying. And then Peter gets locked up and they have a church vigil. For all my Latino people, they, they went to a vigilia. They had an all night church 
vigil when they heard about Jesus. And it's amazing to me that they were not even perturbed or it doesn't seem like they were perturbed when James got locked up. Uh, it's almost like we like the idea of God releasing people from bondage free from our responsibility or free from responsibility, period. But how many of you in this place know that if there's going to be a supernatural release, there has to be a spiritual responsibility on your part? I said, because when this guy gets free, Peter, he's going to get free by the hand of God. He's going to get free supernaturally. But he's getting free because somebody are operating in their spiritual duty. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says that it's because the church is praying that the angel shows up. Hallelujah. So if there's going to be a supernatural release, there has to be people operating in a spiritual responsibility. Are you in this place, church? I could give you examples because you, when you read the book of Acts, there are countless examples of prison breaks. Acts chapter 5, you're going to see a prison break. Acts chapter 12, you're going to see a prison break. Acts chapter 16, you're going to see a prison break. I like Acts, Acts chapter 16 because everybody gets free. And I believe that's what God wants for this year. Hallelujah. When Paul and Silas, hallelujah, start praying, the Bible says everybody, not just Paul and Silas. It wasn't God's intention just to free Paul and Silas. He wanted everybody in the place free. And so I like this story, hallelujah, because God comes in and shakes the whole prison. The whole, everybody's chains came off. Everybody, every, whatever was holding the people came loose. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But it came loose when two men decided we're going to pray and we're going to praise God. And it didn't happen apart from prayer. And that's a word for somebody in here. It ain't going to happen. I said it ain't going to happen apart from prayer. The thing that amazed me about Paul and Silas, I love these guys. These guys are radical. I wish we had more people like them because they're in the prison. They just got beat up. They're in chains. They're bleeding. They're tired. It's midnight. And they have every excuse to whine, complain, and murmur because they didn't do anything wrong. You don't have to do something wrong for trouble to come. Sometimes the trouble comes because you're doing things right. Their thing was, all we've been doing is preaching the gospel. We just rebuked the demon out of a girl, set her free. The people didn't like it, and they threw us in jail. And so I could easily, if I was one of them, determine, you know what? If this is what I'm going to get for trying to live right, no thank you. If I'm over here trying to live right, trying to do the right thing, live before God, preach, teach, be an example, and this is the results that I get, then why even bother? But that's not what they do. They're not sitting there going, why me? Why is this happening to me? I don't understand. Why me? Come on, somebody, like we do sometimes. They don't do that, hallelujah. It's amazing to me. But the Bible says they begin to praise. So could you imagine that? The Bible says they're chained up. So they're chained up, beat up, bleeding. And I could imagine Silas just look at Paul, and Paul just looks at him and says, hey, you remember this one? Let the glory of the Lord 
rise among us. Let the glory of the Lord, help me, rise among us. Let the praises of our King rise among us. Let it rise. And all of a sudden, oh my God. I said, and all of a sudden, the place where they were began to shake. And a supernatural release came because two men said, we have a responsibility to pray. Regardless of our circumstance, regardless of how we feel, regardless of what's happening, regardless of what they've done, regardless of what they said, regardless that I'm in pain, regardless that I'm bleeding, regardless that I'm tired, regardless that it's midnight. Oh, God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Their attitude is we have to pray. And I wish the church would catch this type of mentality because what they're thinking is somebody's life is at stake. If I don't pray, somebody can die. That's what the church is praying concerning Peter. Peter is supposed to die the next day. And the church said, we cannot sit here and watch people die. I can't be selfish. Somebody else's life. Is at stake. Oh, are you in this place? Hallelujah. God comes up to a man named Moses and says, I need you to go to Egypt. And I need you to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And I'm going to put power, help me here, supernatural power in your hand. And you're going to release them. And I'm going to move through you supernaturally. And Moses said, but why me? And he said, because I have heard the cry. Of my people. And so watch this. Somebody in slavery. Somebody hurting. Somebody chained up. Said I still got to pray. And somebody began to call on God. And God heard it. And so there was a. Listen there was a supernatural release. Because there was a spiritual responsibility. Being met. In the place of prayer. Are you in here church? On another occasion, this man brings a, 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 a demon-possessed kid that was struggling with a spirit of suicide. The Bible says he would throw himself into the fire and he would throw himself in the water to try to burn himself or drown himself. And the Bible is clear. That was a spirit. Suicide is a spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It was a spirit. They brought him to Jesus' men. And the Bible says, and they could not. And, the, and then Jesus showed up, watch this, after coming off the mountain. And they said, hallelujah, I brought him to your men and they could not. I don't want that to be the testimony of people that come into this house. I don't want nobody to come into this house talking about, I brought them to your leaders. I brought them to your people and they could not. Hallelujah. And so Jesus delivered the boy and immediately, at least, I got to give the disciples credit. They go to Jesus and they say, why couldn't we? Because I want to know. And I like that attitude. So that if you pray and it doesn't happen, you go to Jesus in private like they did and ask him why. Because he might just tell you like he told them. And this is what he told them. Because this kind, because there's different kinds, different levels, different ranks. He said, because this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. So you can't expect to skip the mountain and deliver the man. I said you can't expect to skip the mountain 
and deliver the man. It's not going to happen apart from prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You could desire for somebody to be free. You could desire for your child to be free, for your daughter to be free. But until you hit that mountain, oh God, help me in here. On another occasion, watch this. A man named Moses comes up to Joshua and he tells Joshua, go fight against the Amalekites. I'm going to go to the mountain of God with the rod in my hand. Now, if you're Joshua, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, you know why I got to do all the fighting, right? Why I got to do all the fighting, you know? What you going to be doing up on that mountain, Moses? I hope you're not going up there to have a picnic. How many of you know this story? The Bible says that Moses goes up on the mountain and he lifts his hands. He's, he's in a posture of consecration. Watch this. And the Bible says that while his hands are up, Joshua is getting the victory. Watch this. But when his hands come down, Joshua begins to lose. So watch this. Your giftedness does not ensure you the victory. Your ability and your skill does not ensure you the victory. Because when those hands came down, he began to lose. It was Moses' ability to maintain a posture of prayer that ensured the victory. Not just getting in a posture of prayer, but maintaining a posture of prayer. And thankfully for him, he wasn't praying alone. Because he got tired and the Bible says his hands came down. But he had an Aaron and an Ur. Oh, I wish we had some more Aaron's and Ur's. My God, hallelujah, who came and helped lift his hands and set a stone under him, hallelujah, so that he can maintain his posture until they got the victory. So watch this. Progression is not happening apart from prayer. Am I preaching to people who are praying? Progression is not going to happen apart from prayer. As long as Moses is in that position, they are getting the victory. Are you blessed in here, church? Ooh. Watch this. So he seizes Peter. And they said, right after the Passover, we're going to kill him. Because Herod wants to be lifted and he wants the church to be limited. So he said, we're going to kill him. But something, oh man. And I don't know, I don't know about you, but I hope it's on you. I hope it's on me. Something about Peter. I can't even explain it. I, 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 I couldn't help but just to think about some things that the Bible says about Peter. You know, how, how when they heard that Peter was coming to town, they would take sick people and throw them in the street. And, and hope that, watch this, Peter's shadow. They, 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 they didn't even say that Peter would touch him. They said, all we got to do is get him in his proximity. There's something about Peter. There's, there's something about his aura. There's something, there's something that emanates from Peter that if you ever just get close enough, God help me in here, you, 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 you will not be the same. And, and so watch this. He's in prison and there's something about Peter that alerts Herod. That makes Herod say, you know what, wait a minute, we can't play with this guy. And so watch, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure he's not getting out. Because something about this guy, I don't know what it is, but he's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> he's making me a little uneasy and unsettled. So we're going we're to watch this. We're going to chain a guard to his left. 
and we're going to chain a guard to his right. Let me get them chains. Let me get them chains. Hallelujah. I don't even know. I don't know how many chains he had on him, but he had a lot of chains on him. Watch this. So just imagine with me. Dang, this is, I think this goes around the neck, but just cater to me. I'm not putting this around my neck because I'm free. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. No, let me not sing. Okay, watch this. So they chain a man to his right and they chain a man to his left. And if that wasn't enough, they, took, they put two men at the door. And then they got them through the night taking turns. Four shifts, 16 guards, 24-hour surveillance. Peter, you ain't going nowhere. And do you know what Peter does? My Bible says he goes to sleep. Put my next point up there. Oh, wait, I missed a point. Praise God. Hallelujah. Put the next one up there because I already talked about that. I'll talk about it in a moment again. The enemy can sense your power from your peace. Let me say that one more time. The enemy can sense your power from your peace. Peter's in prison, but Peter has peace. <laughs> Peter's in chains, but Peter don't seem concerned. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because Peter has something everybody in this room should have. And that is peace that passes. I said peace that passes understanding. Oh, my God. And if Peter was here, I wonder if Peter would ask this question to somebody in this place. What do you do when hell gets past your hedge? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we like the idea of being hedged in. And we like, I'm hedged in on every side. God's best angels are camping around me at all times. No weapon formed against me shall be able to. That'll preach, right? Anytime, my God, all you, little, all, you, all you preachers that are just starting, if you're ever doing bad, you just quote those scriptures right there, you'll be right back in the thick of things. <laughs> listen, listen, what do you do when hell gets past your hedge? Watch this, watch this, by permission. Because if Job was here, Job could testify because God came up to Satan one day and said, have you considered my servant Job? There ain't nobody like him in the earth. And Satan said, yeah, I consider him. Uh, but I ran into his force field. Satan said, I tried to get him, but I couldn't touch him because you have him hedged in. And so watch this. But if you remove the hedge, he'll curse you to your face because Job serves you for stuff. That was, the, that was the accusation. So what do you do when God decides to use your life as an object lesson? To let the world know that there are some of us who still serve God for real. Not for stuff, for real. Not because of what he can give me, but because of who he is. Oh, God, have mercy. 
in this place. Are you in this place, church? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Woo, the enemy can sense your power from your peace. Hallelujah. I believe he has peace because, watch this, people are praying. I said, I believe he has peace because people are praying. Let me tell you something, church. Hallelujah. I hope you're praying for your preacher. I hope you're praying for your pastor. Hallelujah. Because I will submit to you that there's a way, I believe, especially now that I'm fancy, I can sense prayer. I can sense people praying for me, and I covet those prayers, hallelujah, because I've learned, hallelujah, in about 17 years or so of ministry, hallelujah, that I sleep better when people are praying for me. I could be in hell's kitchen, but if somebody's praying for me, I'm going to sleep all right. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Oh, my God, if you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Woo, on one occasion, Jesus comes up to Peter and says, Satan has asked you know, and I like that right there because he got to ask. That's why I said by permission. Satan has asked if he can sift you as wheat. You remember that? Hallelujah. And Peter probably said, ooh, really, Jesus? Wow, that's serious. He don't like me. Uh, what'd you tell him, Jesus? Uh, what'd you tell him? You send him right back to... Right? Right? And, and Jesus said, no, he's coming. He's what? He's coming after you. That's what you told him? And he said, but I have prayed. Somebody shout prayer. prayer. But I have prayed that your faith fail not. Now, let's be honest in church and don't act cute, okay? Watch this. We pray for a lot of things. But when was the last time you prayed for somebody's faith? Jesus made it a point to let us know that that is something we should be doing. He's coming after you, but I have prayed that your faith fails not. Now, I don't know if Peter was excited about that, but at least he's praying, right? And I, I, I would be okay because I know that if Jesus is praying, that prayer is being heard. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, I might doubt whether or not he's hearing someone else's prayer, but if Jesus is praying for me, if Jesus is interceding for me, amen. And so, you know, I missed a point a moment ago, so let me just say this about that. Listen, he captured James, killed him, and the church didn't seem to be perturbed. And my thing was this, how many more people need to be captured before we're perturbed enough to pray? How many more young people need to be captured by the chains of sin, drugs, addiction, suicidal spirits, spirits of lust, paraphernalia, pornography? How many, how many more have to be captured before we determine this is serious? When Peter got captured, they said, wait a minute, this is serious. They just took out a general and they caught another one. We have to do something. And they were perturbed enough to pray. Oh, God, are you in this place? Hallelujah. Woo. And where we're at right now is that the enemy can sense your power from your peace. How's your peace? Come on, church. How's your peace? How's your, if you were Peter, how would you act? <laughs> Come on, somebody. If you ended up in prison, you end up in a bad situation. Hallelujah. You're struggling. You're going through some stuff. How's your peace? What kind of message is your action giving the underworld? 
Are you blessed in here? Herod saw God's power in Peter's peace. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why is Peter so peaceful? He's supposed to die tomorrow. Now, you can sit here and act cute and say, I would have been the same way, Pastor. Stop it. We get in church and act cute. Hallelujah. Now, if you knew you were going to die tomorrow. Now, you have to understand, Peter's married. The Bible talks about him having a wife. Now, I'm going to die tomorrow, and I can't even call her. There was no phone back then. I can't even call her. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling some kind of way. I'm thinking. My mind is going. You know, this is, this is it. This is the end. This is the little bit of time I got left. I ain't going to sleep. I'm calling all the angels. I mean, I'm speaking in tongues. I'm, I'm speaking Swahili. I'm, I'm doing everything I know. I'm yelling, screaming. I'm, I'm. Peter goes to sleep. Now, how can Peter go to sleep? Now, let me remind you. In Acts chapter 5, Peter was in jail. This is Acts chapter 12. In Acts chapter 5, he got put in jail. And in Acts chapter 5, an angel broke into the prison and got Peter out. And so, maybe Peter remembers. The last time I was in a tough situation, he brought me out. And like Ty Trippett said, if he did it before... If he did it before, he can do it again. Does anybody believe that in this place? Hallelujah. Oh, my God. That should be part of the encouragement that takes place within you when you're going through something again. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? But I believe personally that it was even more than that because here's what you got to catch. Peter was a preacher. I said Peter was a preacher. And, and, and you can't be a preacher without a word. And so I want to submit to you, hallelujah, that the reason Peter could go to sleep is because people are praying, but also because he has a word. Oh, God, help me in here. And, and how can you say that with confidence? The Bible doesn't say that. Yes, it does. So watch this. If I had time, I would take you to the last chapter of the book of John. And in the last chapter of the book of John, watch this. God is talking to Peter and John, and he's letting them know how their story is going to end. And, he, and, and while he's telling Peter, Peter, your story's going to end like this, Peter's concerned about John. And he says, all right, okay, God, but how's his, his, how's his story going to end? And Jesus said, none ya. <laughs> Anybody know what that means? He said, none ya. In other words, none ya business. Do not be concerned with him. If I decide that I'm going to let him live until... I come back, that's no concern of yours. And so watch this, but he told Peter this. Peter, when thou art old, when thou art old, you're going to be stretched wide. And he's telling him how he's going to die, but not just how he's going to die, when he's going to die. You're going to die when you're old. And right now, he's in prison but he ain't old. God, help me in here. And Peter, this is not the same Peter. You better catch this. This is not the same Peter that was scared in the courtyard when that young lady tried to point him out and say, aren't you one of them? And he was like, no, it ain't me. I never saw the man, never knew the man, never seen the man before in my life. This is not the same Peter. This is another Peter. This is the Peter that has grown. This is the Peter that's full of the Holy Ghost now. He's not the same Peter. Hallelujah. This is the rock. 
that we're talking about now. Are you in this place, church? Peter goes to sleep. They took a man named Daniel, and they said, you better stop praying. Somebody shout prayer. Or we're going to throw you to the lions. And you know what he did? He peeled the curtains in his window as to say, watch me pray. Watch me pray. And he was not the least bit intimidated. Hallelujah. God, help me in here. And, and if I were you, I wouldn't be so intimidated about the world trying to take prayer out of everything. And oh my God, they took prayer out of school. No, 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 no. I've taught my kids to think of prayer. Because you can think of prayer and God can still hear you. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? You, there's no way you can stop me from praying. Because I can think of prayer and God can hear me think. Oh, God, help me in here. The Bible says, I know your thoughts are far off. It's a little scary when you think about it. Amen, somebody. And they said, we're going to throw you in the lions. And you know what he did? Come on, church. He went to sleep. He used lions as pillows. <laughs> you got to have a certain kind of peace to sleep with lions. Oh, God have mercy. On another occasion, the disciples, once they are in a boat, tremendous storm comes. It's battering the boat. Water is getting in the boat. They lose control of the boat. They let go of the helm. They run to where Jesus is and start shouting, don't you care that we perish? You know how we do sometimes, hallelujah, stuff comes and we wonder if Jesus even cares. Yeah, not talking back to me, but I'm in somebody's kitchen right now. Does he even see me? Does he know what's going on in my life? Does he even care? Do you care that we perish? And Jesus looks at them as to say, why y'all woke me up? Where is your faith, he said. Because if I'm in your boat, you should be able to sleep through it. Oh, God, help me in here. Hallelujah. If I'm in your boat, I don't care what kind of storm rages against you. I don't care what kind of attack hell launches against you. If Jesus is in your boat, hallelujah, he's illustrating for them, this is what you do when you go through storms. You sleep through it. Because you know who you are in me and you know I called you with purpose and you know that my word over your life is able to sustain you. Hallelujah. I could go to sleep because there's a word over my life. I could go to sleep because there's a word over my life. I could go to sleep because there's a word over my life. Hallelujah. Somebody shout glory in here. I want to tell somebody in this place, hallelujah, your anxiety is holding back your assistance. I said your anxiety is holding back your assistance. Let the enemy sense your power through your peace. Are you blessed in here? Ooh, I like the way Job put it. Though he slay me. Though he slay me. If you're going to testify in triumph, you have to trust him in trouble. I said, if you want to testify in triumph, you got to trust him in trouble. Amen, somebody. Mm. 
Are you blessed? The warden was trying to make sure he wasn't going to get out. But the God he worships was about to bust him out. The enemy thought, listen, the enemy thought there's no way. There's no way he's getting out. I made sure of it. I got him chained on every side. I got men at the door. I have made sure nobody can get in, nobody can get out. I have made sure that no time during the night he is going to be alone. He is not getting out. He is not getting free. And that's what the enemy is telling a mama in here about her child. That's what the enemy is telling a dad in this place right now about his son. I got him hedged in. I got him chained up in so much stuff, he ain't coming out. I got him chained up so good, he's about to die. I'm about to take your kid out. I'm about to take your brother out. I'm about to take your sister out. And there ain't nothing you could do about it. But what the enemy has either forgotten or ignored is that there is a church that's praying. I said, there's a church that's praying. Hallelujah. Oh, and as long as there is a church that's praying, hallelujah, there is a God that's going to answer. Oh, God. My Bible says, hallelujah, that all of a sudden, and here's what you need to understand. I want to encourage you, mama, and I want to encourage you, papa, in this place who's believing, hallelujah, for your son or your daughter. When God, you just keep on praying. When God says now, when God says now, when God says now, ain't no prison, ain't no chains, ain't no drugs, ain't no devil, you don't hear what I'm saying, no principality, ain't no sickness going to be able to keep God out when God decides to break in. Woo, God, help me in here. When God says now, I wish I had somebody in here who really knew what I was talking about. Can I testify? Hallelujah. I was out. I was in a spiritual prison. Before I met Jesus, hallelujah, I was not looking for God. I was living like hell. I was living for me. I was trying to do me. Hallelujah. I was in the club drinking it up and smoking it up. Hallelujah. Just doing me. And I didn't even have God on my mind. But somebody... Somebody was praying. Somebody, God help me in here, was standing in the gap for me. And when God said now, no club, no alcohol, no weed, you don't hear what I'm saying, hallelujah. When God said now, the voice of God came through the speaker in the club and said, get out. Get out. Oh, do I know it? Oh. It's time to come out. It's time to come out. It's time to come out. And I hear God saying, hallelujah, after this prayer consecration, somebody's coming out. Somebody's son is coming out. Somebody's daughter's coming out. The chains are going to come off in the name of Jesus. That's what prayer does. That's what fasting does. I don't care what spirit, I don't care what devil has your child wrapped up right now. God is about to say now. Ooh. Ooh. 
Ah, we got it. As heavily fortified as that jail cell was, when God said now, none of it could keep the angel out. The angel came in like nothing. And the Bible says that a light shone in the room. Hallelujah. And Peter, I don't know how he didn't see the light. He should have been sensitive enough to see it right here, man of God. I don't know if he was just sleeping because he thought this was the end and he knew that death was gain and he wasn't stressed out. But he just said, either way, I win. Well, I wish people would just develop that kind of attitude right there. Hallelujah. Either way, I win. If I live, it's Christ. If I die, it's gain. The apostle Paul said, I'm torn between two desires, whether to stay with you, which is more benefit for you, or to go with him, which is far better. Somebody needs a revelation about death. Hallelujah. Death is not the end. Death is not a finality. Death is a portal. Hallelujah. That takes you from time to eternity. Either way, I win. The angel comes in there and Peter's still asleep. <laughs> and the Bible says that the angel hit Jesus. I mean, hit, oh, not Jesus, God help me. Hit Peter, don't hit Jesus. <laughs> Unless it's with some prayer. <laughs> Listen, hit Peter. He had to hit him to wake him up. Can I help you in here? Put my next point in here. Don't wait for something else to hit you so that you can get up. It's amazing to me how sometimes we can even become comfortable in our chains. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and watch this. You, some of you, you think that what's happening in your life right now is the devil. I got news for you. God will send an angel. Listen, I, I'm talking about the God that will dry up the brook for the prophet just to get him to move. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. Dry up the brook so that he won't settle for good because God has great form. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah. You, you, we're talking about the God, watch this, who if he needs you in Egypt because you're going to deliver a whole nation, he'll let your own brothers betray you in order to move you into your destiny and into your place. So I want to encourage you, hallelujah. Because unfortunately, a lot of times, it's not until we get hit with something that we decide to move. So I figured, let me encourage you a little bit and just let you know, do not wait for something else. Because he's already in prison. Don't wait for something else to hit you so that you can get up. Are you in this place? Mm, God, help me in here. He, gee, listen, Jesus comes up to a man who was laying down for... 38 years. Let, let me, let me, look, look, the Bible says that the angel hit him and then he spoke to him and said, get up, wake up. I think that's a word for the church. Wake up. And here's the text. I like the NIV because it says that Peter woke up, watch this, and he said, get up. And when Peter got, listen, when Peter got up, the chains fell. I'm going to do it one more time. 
The Bible says that when Peter got up, the chains fell. Ain't nothing falling off as long as you stay down. I said, ain't nothing falling off as long as you stay down. God, help me in here. I came to minister to somebody, hallelujah, who's in a place, hallelujah, of disencouragement, hallelujah, and discontentment. You are in a low place right now, hallelujah. You are depressed, full of anxiety, worried, hallelujah. You have low expectation. If you stay there, if you stay there, ain't nothing falling off, hallelujah. God will do what you can't do, but he won't do for you what you can't do. You got to help yourself if you want God to help you. Get up. Get up, hallelujah. Lift your head, hallelujah. God, help me in here. Elevate your thinking, hallelujah. Come up higher and watch the chains fall off. Are you hearing me, hallelujah? He came up to a man lame 38 years and asked him, do you want to be made well? Because watch this, the reality is some of us don't. We use the excuse, hallelujah, I need somebody to help me. Do you want to be made well? Jesus, 38 years in the same spot, stuck, stagnant, in a rut. And when Jesus gets ready to set him free, he don't even touch him. Check the text. He spoke to him and said, get up. Take your bed and walk. Oh, God, help me in here. Get up. Lift your head. Listen, you got to say like the prodigal son, hallelujah. If you're in a low place like the hog pen, you got to come to the place where you determine, I shall arise. Ah, ah, I'm in a low place. I'm not out yet. I'm in a mess. This is pig slop. I ain't got nothing to eat. I might as well eat this stuff. But then something happens to the man where he says, wait a minute. I shall arise. When he gets up, he gets out. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, you in a mess right now, and you're wondering, hallelujah, how am I going to get out of this? How, how, is, how is this person going to get out of that? Oh, my child is so bound. I don't know how they're going to get out. Here's the thing you need to understand. You don't need to be concerned with how they're going to get out. All you need to be concerned with is him getting in. You're wondering, God, when they're going to break out of it? They're going to break out of it when he breaks into it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible said, listen, if Peter were here, he will testify. I couldn't get out on my own strength. I was bound. They had me chained up on every side. Hallelujah. But when he got in, I got out. Are you in this place, church? Oh, if the Hebrew boys were here, they would testify, hallelujah, we were done. They turned up the furnace seven times. We were going to fry in there. They threw us in, hallelujah. Watch this, and then somebody else got in with us. We didn't burn, hallelujah, because he got in. We got out because he got in. And the furnace had a window, and the king looked in the window and said, wait a minute, didn't we put three guys in there? Why do I see four men? And the Fourth man looks like the son of the living God. How in the world does a heathen king get a revelation about the son of the living God in the Old Testament? 
because God wants you to know, hallelujah, that when I set them free, when I set you free, when I set your daughter free and your son free, you're going to know, like the text said, you're going to know. Peter said, and now I know for sure that it was the Lord who... He let a heathen king in the Old Testament see the sun before his time. We got to go. You shouldn't be in a hurry, though, because we fasting. Where you going to go eat? You know you're going to get you some salad. Don't spend no money in no restaurant getting no salad. Just go home. I didn't come out until he got in. Those lines couldn't touch me because he got in. When he got in, I got out. Paul and Silas will tell you, we didn't get out because of us. We got out when he got in. I'm not concerned about how they're going to get out. I just need him to get in. My prayer is God get in. Mess my daughter up. Mess. Oh, God, help me in here. Get in. Get in. If they're in the club, get in the club. If they're at the crack house, go in the crack house. I don't care where they are. Get in. If you get in, they'll get out. Oh, so they'll get out. Listen, the chains came loose. And the Bible says, that the angel said, follow me. Get your shoes on, put your cloak on, and follow me. Because not being dressed means you ain't going nowhere. So put on your clothes, put on your traveling shoes, because we're coming out of this. Watch this. He takes him out. The Bible says he goes through the first ward and then the second ward. And then they get to the final gate, the third gate. And the Bible says that that gate, watch this, opens up to them automatically. See, some of, some, some of you in here are still trapped between wards. And I want to submit to you that you serve a God who, does just, who doesn't just want you partially free. He wants you all the way free. And so I don't just want you to, to deliver you from this and allow you to continue to struggle with this. God, help me in here. I want you all the way. I want you all the way out. Watch this now. Watch this now. The chains fell, but you still ain't out. You check the text. Hallelujah. The chains fell. But just because the chains fell don't mean you all the way out. He's still in between wards. He needs to follow direction right now. Because God's leading him out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is not a good time to run off and say every man for yourself. You know how people do when they're trying to escape? He says, follow me. He takes him through two wards and then they get to the final ward. And the Bible says it opens up to him automatically. God's about to open a door for somebody in this place you ain't even going to have to knock on. Do I got a church in here? 
Listen to the text. I ain't making that up. Listen to the text. It sends them coming. Oh, my God. You know, like the Bible talks about knocking. Knock and it shall be answered, right? And the door shall be opened up to you. But I believe that there's a season coming. Oh, man. And I hope it's for the whole church. I, I want it to be our church, but I hope it's for the whole church. That there's a season coming, hallelujah, where the church is going to experience doors opening automatically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where my mama's at? Those people who go to, to Walgreens and CVS, hallelujah, and some of these uh, department stores, you know that their doors are automated. They work off motion. And the door senses you coming. And when you get close, the door automatically opens. I hear God saying, you just walk to it. I'm going to take that word for me because I don't know that you want it, hallelujah. So I'm going to walk right into... Destiny. Put my next point up there real quick because we got to go. Hallelujah. Number five. Wow. You're getting ready to experience a freedom that's going to feel like a fantasy. Listen, I need somebody who's been praying and hearing from God to have that word resonate. Again, I'm coming right out of the text. I'm not just trying to make you feel good. I'm coming right out of the text. The Bible says that when he came out, listen to me, that when he came out, the Bible says he felt like he was in a trance. The Bible says that the whole time he thought he was having a vision. And it wasn't until the angel took him all the way outside that the, then the angel left him and Peter came to himself. And it was at that point where he said, oh my God, I wasn't dreaming. And that's what God wants to do with somebody in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Somebody, I don't know who you are. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's your kid. Maybe it's your daughter. Maybe somebody else. Hallelujah. But I wonder if I got at least one or two people in this place who believe the word of God when it says somebody's about to experience a freedom that is going to be so good, it's going to feel like a fantasy. You, you, after it's all said and done, you're going to look back and go, I wasn't dreaming. Hold. God's about to blow your mind. Oh, God, do it. Hallelujah. I can't believe it. And then he says, when he finally comes to, surely the Lord has done this. Oh, for a surety I know. You're going to know. God, help me here. You're going to know it was him. Amen. Oh, my God. Do I got any dreamers in here? God, who am I talking to in here? I feel like I'm talking to myself. Do I got any dreamers in here? Do I got anybody who's believing God? Do you got some kids out there that could use? Do you know people that need to be delivered? Are you aspiring to go to another place? Are you in between wards and like, God, I want to be all the way out. I'm done. Hallelujah. Whew. My God. Are you blessed in here? Peter was in jail. He didn't even do nothing wrong. Whatever God permits, he permits with purpose. If God allows it, God has a plan. I said if God allows it, because there's things that we allow. 
And then we want to say God allowed it. Incorrect. Peter didn't do nothing wrong. Paul and Silas didn't do nothing wrong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so God allowed it. But there are things that we do wrong. Therefore, we allow. It's not the same thing. You can't blame God for that. Now, God can get you back on track. He can recalculate. Come on, somebody. And like Jonah, he can turn it around. But it won't be till you have affected people with your decision. And you might not enjoy the ride back to purpose. The vehicle God uses to get you back on track. Just ask Jonah. But he can do it. And he's gracious that way to do it. But like Jonah, you got to humble yourself in that tight place and call on the name of the Lord and get back to purpose. Amen? And you will leave off just where you started. Isn't that the good thing about God? Uh, you might be a little delayed, but you won't be defeated. Are you blessed in here? I got to close, guys. We got to leave. It's late. Put my next one up there. Ah, man. God's going to do it while you're still praying. Who am I preaching to in here? Some of you think you're going to have to wait till the fast is over. And again, I'm not trying to make you feel good. Look at the text. The Bible says, watch this. The Bible says that while they were praying, Peter shows up. What? The answer to the prayer came to the house while they were still in prayer. And the Bible says that a young girl named Rhoda was the only person in the prayer group, because they were going in, who was sensitive enough to hear the knocking on the door. And she went to the door, watch this, and for gladness, the Bible says, she didn't open the door. The Bible says she recognized his voice because she knows her preacher. Oh, God. She recognized his voice, and for gladness, she went back inside and told the people, the answer to your prayer is at the door. And they said, you mad. And I said, what were they praying for? The Bible said they were praying for Peter. But I wonder, sometimes if we're not careful, we, we pray ritualistically, out of obligation, out of duty, as a work with very little faith. You pray just to pray. Because you know you're supposed to pray. But you don't really believe that what God has done for somebody else, he could do for you. You're like that man that said, watch this, I believe but help my unbelief. And so Rhoda says, he is at the door. Praying without expectancy is a waste of energy, saints. She experienced answered prayer and immediately went and told somebody. When God answers a prayer of yours, you better tell somebody. Because successful prayer keeps you praying. And God does it in the middle of the prayer. Today's day 12. We're in the middle of it. We're past the middle of it. 
And I came to tell somebody in this place, God's going to do it while you're praying. And I just need somebody to say, that's my word. That's my word right there. That's my word right there. God can do it while you're praying. I said, God can do it while you're praying. He goes up to a man named Ananias and said, go to the apostle Paul. Go to the apostle Paul right now. And Ananias said, you crazy? That man kills Christians for a living. I'm not going to him. And you know what Jesus said? Yeah, I know, but he prayeth now. He's praying to me right now. Go to him. And while Paul's praying, I say he'll do it. He'll do it while you're praying. Hezekiah gets a word from the Lord. From Isaiah, the prophet. You're going to die. And nothing's going to turn it around. Get your house in order. Get your house in order. And Hezekiah prayed. The Bible says he turned to the wall and prayed. And before Isaiah could get to the parking lot, you don't hear what I'm saying. Before Isaiah could get to the parking lot, the word of the Lord came to him and said, go back and tell him I just extended his days, 15 years. And it happened while he was praying. Oh, I hear God saying, I'm going to do it while you're praying. I'm going to do it while you're praying. I'm not even going to wait for the end of the fast. I'm going to do it while you're praying. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I encourage you. You better be here tomorrow night. Hallelujah. It was a corporate meeting. It was a corporate meeting. I know you could pray at home. Hallelujah. But this, time, this wasn't that kind of meeting. This was a corporate meeting. I don't expect you to be at every prayer meeting. But you got to come to one of them. If you have somebody in your life you need free, you got to come to the corporate meeting. There's one tomorrow night. Stand to your feet. Put the last thing. I think it's one more. But I'll tell you. The Bible says that he says, I'm here. And he gives God the glory. They were astonished. And he gives God the glory. And then the Bible says that he went to another place. And if he was here, he would tell you, prayer affords you the opportunity to go to another place. Prayer affords you the opportunity to go to another place. And you might think, oh, pastor, ain't you like reading too much into that? It could just be another place. No, no, no. The scripture says that Herod sought for him everywhere and could not find him. So God put him in a special place. God put him in a higher place. God put him somewhere where Herod couldn't reach him. And if Peter was here, he would tell you, prayer affords you the opportunity to go to another place in God. None of what I said today is happening in your life apart from prayer. None of it. As good as it sounds. 
going about prayer. You want to go to another place in God. You want to see chains fall off a young generation. You want to see sickness bow down in the presence of the king. That supernatural release requires a spiritual responsibility. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. You want to see healing come to this land? God is saying, invite me in to the situation. Invite me in. You receive the word on today? Give the Lord a hand.